Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. On today's show, the Yankees dropped the last game against the Tigers. Aaron Boone does something that outraged nearly everyone in baseball. Jordan Montgomery is victimized by the offense yet again. And we preview the pitching matchups in the series against Cleveland, which starts tonight in the Bronx. All that next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Yankee fans. Happy Friday. Happy Earth Day. Welcome to Locked On Yankees. It is a very pretty day here in New York, and the Yankees, you know, after playing in really awful weather in Detroit, are here for a very nice day, at least for today. Um, it'll be a nice switch for them. Gleyber Torres probably won't be wearing anything around his head like he was wearing in Detroit because, uh, you know, some of those guys aren't really used to the cold weather, and it's funny to see them when they have to be stuck in it. But before we get into what happened in Detroit and everything else, you can subscribe to us in Apple, Google, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, and every other podcasting platform available. You can subscribe and watch to, watch to us, watch us on YouTube. And if you have a smart device, which I do in my room, but I'm not going to say her name because she's very touchy, you can say, play podcast, Locked on Yankees. So, Abby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The Yankees dropped the last game of a series, which is not surprising because that is their M.O., (laughs) at least for the last couple of seasons. So it wasn't that surprising, but it was the typical Yankee deflating loss in the final game of a series where the offense does absolutely nothing. The pitcher does everything he can to stay in the game, and it's just... Yeah, you want to take a look at some of the numbers right now for the Yankees? Yes, let's do that because the offense is offensively bad right now. Yeah, with runners in scoring position, the Yankees are hitting 176. That is uh, 26th in Major League Baseball in the entire league, not just in the American League. There's actually people worse than them. I can't believe it. Their OPS with runners in scoring position, 563. Uh, you know, if there's anything encouraging about this, it's that the Blue Jays have a worse OPS with runners in scoring position than the Yankees do. That's surprising. There's that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, the guys all... they have with runners in scoring. I'm not even going with fancy stats right now. Like, I'm just yeah. going by traditional metrics because I like traditional metrics are enough to get fans outraged right now. Yeah, most I don't fans... need to drag fancy stats into this. Yeah, they have most fans don't RBIs do with um, runners in scoring position. An RBI is sort of like it's it can be. I don't want to say it's a useless stat. It does indicate something, but like it's not. It's just not like the favored metric anymore. But I think right. in this case, it's it's relevant because like it just shows the lack of production and how like how lacking that production actually is and this is supposed to be a lineup full of heavy hitters and granted you have the weather in cleveland april baseball is always unpredictable but this is bad yeah and i still stand by it is too early to panic it's probably not too early to be like annoyed though i will say 
Like, right. go ahead, Yankees fans, scream into the void on Twitter. It's not too early to be annoyed because this is not what this lineup was supposed to do. This is not – the team was supposed to be based around the offense, and it's not showing up. Right. We saw this last year, too. Mm-hmm. And last year, though, like, it it wasn't that there was, like, an overcorrection. It just got streaky. Yes. Yep. Like, is this what – is this what they are? Like, are they, they did get better defensively. The, the pitching, the starting staff is, um, it's there. Uh, <laughs> it is not the deepest, but it's a good staff. Mm-hmm. So like, is this what the team is? Like, do we, are we ready to say this is their identity? Like they're not the heavy hitting team that we thought they would be. Right. Because there were some guys. Or are we ready to say that? that you would hope would rebound and so far aren't. I mentioned him uh, being cold. Glaber, he's cold at the plate as well, (laughs) not just on the field. You know, he really needs to turn things around. Um, Someone had posted a graphic that MLB, maybe MLB on Fox posted on Instagram a couple of years ago where they were predicting how well Glaber was going to do based on how well he did in 2018 and 2019. And he has not met those expectations at all. I mean, they mm-hmm. were predicting like 40 home run years from him and uh, yeah. nowhere near that right now. Glaber and he's was a big key. Be, Glaber and Andujar both were supposed to be like these perennial all-stars, you know, guys that you build the team around, not yeah. building pieces, which is sort of what Glaber is right now. Like he's a piece but he's not a building block piece. He is yeah. just, he's part of the puzzle, but how much of it is, I mean, how much of one is he at this point? Like, look, it's a small sample size. It's still April, but I, I do see a lot of people saying like, maybe the Yankees should have traded Glaber when they had the chance to. And I, you know, maybe that take isn't, isn't necessarily wrong. Right. I mean, of course, you know, it's tough to give up on a young player like that, but Yeah. Um, oh, quickly, speaking of young players that the Yankees gave up on, um, Clint Frazier, appendicitis. Just a quick note, because I saw that this morning. I mean, this kid has the worst luck. <laughs> I mean, I was kind of hoping that that, worst, that bad luck would not follow him. You know, like I thought maybe, I don't know. Chicago, having... fresh start. Yeah. And oh, yeah, it's, appendicitis. I mean, you think like, that's one you can like bounce back from relatively quickly. But like, it's, oh, yeah, man, like. That's brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, so yesterday's game was also annoying if you're a Yankee fan watching it because the Yankees were pretty much shut down by Michael Pineda for five innings, which is frustrating to watch because he was on the Yankees. He had all this potential. It didn't quite happen for him. And it's it was funny because when I saw the matchup, I was like, wait, Pineda's on the Tigers? Like, all those things that happened, you know, we spoke about this during the lockout. There were so many things that happened that I didn't remember. And, you know, when people would say uh, Mets pitcher Max Scherzer, for a brief moment, my brain was, oh, right. (laughs) That happened. I forgot about that. So I forgot that Pineda was with the Tigers. And, yeah, Yankee fans, it's like a... 
it's like a one-two punch kind of thing. Like, it's bad enough that the offense didn't do anything, but the fact that it was Michael Pineda for five innings really, like, drove that home for Yankee fans and made it really frustrating to watch yesterday's game. But on the flip side, Jordan Montgomery... This poor kid, and you know, I I said it, I did a crossover with Sully last night, and I said it, he's just so sweet and so Southern and so polite in his interviews and, you know, talking about his outing. And, you know, I joked that I would be the worst teammate because, as we said on yesterday's show, yes, it's a team sport, but you get into the Hall of Fame by yourself, you win MVPs by yourself, you win Cy Youngs by yourself, like you're the one who wins the award. They don't give it to the whole team. Yes, the team helps and stuff like that but Jacob DeGrom is a perfect example of that who I mean he won with the fewest amount of wins for a starting pitcher and I mean when the BBWA presented him with the award they you know they made a joke about how he doesn't get any support from the team yeah Yeah. like DeGrom is a perfect example of you know individual accomplishments in this game are important Mm -hmm. and they are meaningful I, I do see Miguel Cabrera's point of view when he's like it's about effing winning yeah spare all the um people who don't like those words yes Uh, (laughs) but i i mean i see that point of view but like maybe it's easy for him to talk look he's in a on a rebuilding team and he's a leader in that clubhouse like he does need to say that those are some good things to say he's also probably a first ballot hall of famer so it's easy for him to you know, say that his individual accomplishments, like it, it just sort of overshadows or it, it shouldn't overshadow winning because they need to win. But like, it's still individual accomplishments in this game are important. Mm-hmm. That's what gets you into the Hall of Fame. It's not like other sports, like in hockey, sort of your crowning achievement is did you help your team win a Stanley Cup? And there are players that get into the Hall of Fame without winning a Stanley Cup. But that's every time I talk to members of the Hockey Hall of Fame, it's it's always like, well, what is his legacy and what was his team's legacy? Like, what legacy did he leave on this team? How many cups did they win? How close did they get? That's not it's not like that in baseball. Right. Jacob deGrom is going to get into the Hall of Fame whether he wins a World Series or not. Yeah, probably. I would think Injuries so. Right. In recent years have maybe sort of um, put a damper. But, you know, <laughs> it's. This game is about individual achievements still and individual performances that help catapult a team to um to a world series or to the playoffs it's is baseball's kind of strange that way like no other sport focuses on individual achievements the way that baseball does right now speaking of individual achievements we'll talk about that coming up next but first it's time to talk about Bilt Bar and their puffs. Now, Sully said last night that he likes the banana cream pie puff. I like churro. Honestly, I'm not a big banana fan. I don't know if anyone else was forced to eat bananas by their moms when they were younger, but I kind of rebelled against that, and now I don't eat banana because of it. But churro is great. It's cinnamony. There's coconut marshmallow, and the puffs are going to be your new favorites. All puffs and Bilt Bars are covered in 100% chocolate they taste amazing. They're low calorie, high protein, and obviously replace your candy bars with them because they're good for you and they taste good. And if you go to built.com and scroll to the macros chart, you'll just be blown away by the stats. Other flavors that we love to discuss all the time, coconut almond, coconut by itself. The coconut almond, I say this all the time. It's a mix between mounds and almond joy. 
That's how good it is. And my favorite, mint brownie. Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I have no idea how they do it, but they pull it off every time. So go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Abby, do you like jewelry? I do. I do too. I'm more of a ring person than a necklace person, but I do like jewelry. So whether... She prefers a statement piece or everyday subtle elegance. BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom. Shop high quality classic earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. Celebrating the special women in your life on BlueNile.com, you can easily navigate thousands of fine jewelry options at every price point. They're the original online jeweler. Since 1999, they've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring and they're committed to ensuring that the highest ethical standards are observed when sourcing diamonds and jewelry this mother's day give your mom something she'll treasure whether it's or with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on Yankees listeners, you get $50 off a $500 purchase. And this podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. So use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured. It ships free. It arrives in packaging that won't give it away. So shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen. Now make your next listen Locked On Now. We have recaps of MLB games from all over the country with analysts from our local experts taking fans through the season like no other network. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So let's continue the Jordan Montgomery thing just because we need to talk about the fact that he was the first starter to make it through six innings, six innings this year so good for him for doing that you know they were they're all getting a little further in their uh, experience except for Gary Cole um <laughs> and he looked good in those six innings painting the corners like he's really become a quietly good pitcher that it feels like people overlook him in a way even though there was a lot of discussion about the fact that the offense doesn't do anything for him but he did yeah. look very strong yesterday six innings one run on three hits, two walks, five strikeouts. Yeah, he really um we I noticed the way he was working the corners too. He he was he had some good command and that's sort of been I guess what we've become what we've come to know to know from him. Yeah. But he's not like you're right, he doesn't get as much attention as I think maybe Severino has some interest because he's coming back from injury and Severino was a big name a few years ago and Cole gets the most attention and you know the Yankees for all their hitting woes they do have the third best overall ERA in baseball. It's funny the top teams are the, the Dodgers, Mets, Yankees, Giants um and then Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah, that'll but be interesting. It's, yeah. It's, I, I mean it's it's we still don't know who's pitching today for Cleveland, but wait, did I pull up? Yeah, we were looking at Yankees.com before we started recording, and the lineups are out. We'll talk about this in segment three. The lineups are out. We'll preview everything, but the pitcher for Cleveland was not up yet, and that was at 3.30, so we thought, yeah. hmm, something odd is happening. <laughs> Eli Morgan will start for the Guardians in New York tomorrow. Oh, that was yesterday, so Eli Morgan, it looks like. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. God, did I say the other name? Guardians, 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 Guardians. Um, Kurt McCarty will get the start on Saturday. 
Hmm. That's odd. So, Eli Morgan. But, yeah, it looked, but MLB hasn't updated that, I guess. Jameson Tyong going today. DJ LeMahieu back at the top of the order. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know. I feel like Boone is playing around too much with the lineup because some guys are kind of touchy about where they, where they are in the lineup, and I feel like that's going to screw with them a little bit. But I think he's just trying to get a feel for where people yeah. are working. It's the beginning of the season still, and you're just trying to figure out who works where and how it, well. And Yeah, it's April. You're still going to yeah. mess around with the lineups a little bit, you know? Um, you know, a few years ago when DJ was at the top of the order, that was, those, that was a pretty good season for the Yankees. What was it? 2019? When he he mostly, he was mostly at the top of the order. If I'm remembering correctly, I mean, I don't have my scorecards from a few years ago, but he really, he he seemed to sort of give the top of the order kind of a, a jolt of energy. Yeah, I thought. I mean, I thought so at least. Yeah, and it so always I, felt I like, like batting lead off again today. Yeah, and it always felt like when he, whenever he came up to bat, if someone was on second, he would automatically score them. <laughs> like he was that reliable, which was why they call him the machine because he yeah. was really. And you could tell something was off with him last year. Um, it wasn't just that he was playing bad; you could tell that he was nursing something. So he looks a lot better this year. I've said it already, and you can tell because. A few of his hits have been to the opposite field, and you want to see that from him. So, yeah, I like him at the top as well. Um, but then we've got Gallo and Glaber down back in, in the lineup Yeah, towards the bottom of the order, and I'm sure that can't make – and they probably aren't too happy about that. Yeah, well, I mean, I think Gallo realizes that, um, you know, they're not going to put him in a good position because he hasn't been hitting. He did get a hit yesterday, I believe, but um, – Oh, of course. I mean, he's a veteran. He's he's yeah. self-aware enough. He, he knows. He understands. He's, he's not sitting there saying, well, am I not hitting number four? Right. You know, um, that's not his personality either. He seems to be he seems to be taking this very hard based on some of the comments that I've seen from him. Yeah. He really seems to be bothered by this slump, which is what you want to see. He's of reacting. He, has emotion. Yeah. he cares. Yeah. You want them to care. You don't want them to sit there and be like, oh, no. <laughs> You want them to be like, yeah, no, I am frustrated with myself and, you know, I want to do well, obviously, and I don't know what's going on. It's almost like uh, like Cole the other day. He couldn't figure out. He's like, you know, I was throwing pitches. They were hitting them. And, you know, I'm trying to figure out what the hell's wrong with me. Hopefully he'll figure that out soon. Um, Yesterday's game, big moment in the game. (laughs) Miguel Cabrera comes up. He hadn't had a hit all game so he was still looking for 3,000 and thanks to Aaron Boone intentionally walking him he's still looking for hit number 3,000 and everyone freaked out not everyone but the majority of people who aren't Yankee fans were freaking out about that whole thing it it really it's like it's a fine line between I guess history and strategy yeah yeah and, and Aaron Boone went with the strategy. Right. He chose to favor that, which, I mean, as somebody who is paid to manage a baseball team to wins, I guess you can't, like, at the end of the day, you can't really argue with that. But, like, you can because, I don't know. It's I, I do see all the, like, you know, the spicy takes that are, like, Boone's disrespecting the game. 
fire air and boon into the sun and like briefly glancing at Twitter here right now. It's, you know, I guess it's an unwritten rule. You're supposed to like, you're supposed to throw to them. I don't really have any sort of like spicy take on this. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of enjoying seeing all of the, the hot takes. Well, just, they could I, have done what the Rays did to A-Rod because A-Rod was sitting on 2999 and I can't remember which pitcher it was. And it wasn't an intentional walk. It was like an unintentional intentional walk. The guy did not give him anything to hit. Like it was, you could tell that he was really trying to avoid giving A-Rod anything to hit. Maybe the Yankees could have done that with Cabrera, but who knows with Cabrera, maybe he could have like reached out and hit something and gotten that 3000th hit, even if someone was trying to do that. Uh, I don't know either, but he didn't get it. Um, he'll probably get it. Maybe he'll get it in his first at bat tonight. Well, I mean, Miguel Cabrera kind of called out Aaron Boone after that. He said, it's one hit before 3000 guy. Is your reliever getting me out more important than history? That's not a good manager. Well, and there's a lot of game. Oh, wait, no, that's short. That's New York porch sports. Oh Yeah. Somebody else sent me a text where Aaron where, that said like, "Did you see Miguel Cabrera's reaction?" And I was like, "No," because I was I was in my like um, writing hole last night. I'm not gonna get <laughs> fooled by New York porch. Now I'm looking through my text messages, but this is kind of pointless because I've got to go through like a bunch of memes and stuff, and I don't. I New don't York porch look sports it. has uh, tricked actual newscasts. So yeah, I'm not gonna get caught with that one. Yeah. I'm looking. If, I'm not gonna look through my text messages anymore either because there's just too many like dumb memes and gifs on this group chat. When somebody was trying to message me about uh, Miguel Cabrera's reaction, I was like, I'll look later. And now I don't know where to find it later. Um, <laughs> I had a really big enterprise story that came out today on Bleacher Report. And I've been working on this story for a couple months and it's like, it's fallen apart a couple times and I've had to salvage it. And I actually really liked the way it came out. But like, if you want to peek behind the like creative process behind the mind of like a tortured writer, I was like, I turned off all alerts on my computer. I like turned off Twitter. I completely turned off my phone because I was like, I just need to get this story like out and on paper. Yeah. And at one point I was like having a massive breakdown about it. I, Cause it's not what I wanted it to be. I was like, I was like ready to cry. I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever written in my life. I had such a different vision for this story. I sold my editors on a different vision of this story and I'm turning in something completely different. They're like, they're going to hate me. Everyone's going to rip me. And then I I'm dumped the story and I get it in the CMS and I'm reading it over. And I was like, Oh, this is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is, Oh, I like how this turned out. Actually. I'm proud of this. Like th that's just like sort of the, the mind of a tortured writer. And sometimes I just have to turn off everything. And I even like close my curtains. I'm like, it's a dark cave and it just like helps me work. So all of my, I, I ignored everybody's text messages and Twitter when all this controversy was happening yesterday. <laughs> It's man, don't become a writer. It's like we like to torture us. I don't even think we like to torture ourselves. I think we just do inadvertently torture ourselves. Yeah. I maybe that's why I'm a writer because <laughs> I was like born to torture myself. Yeah. It's such a roller coaster of emotions when you are writing something that's not just like a game story, you know? Like I can bang out a game story. I've spent 
you know, more than 10 years being out at games, writing deadline game stories. But when I'm writing something that like I really want to write and I feel strongly about, I'm I'm so convinced until the very last line that it's the worst thing I've ever written and I'm going to get fired and everyone's going to hate me. I know and that feeling. Fine. <laughs> and fine. Yeah. Most of the time. Uh, in a moment, we'll preview Cleveland series, although we kind of did, but we'll go a little more in depth into the pitching matchups if they're available. But first, Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You got basketball playoffs, you got Major League Baseball, you got hockey, golf. There's everything that you can think of. Find all the latest sports development, league reviews, and news. And Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. I will say this about writing. Every time I thought something was really horrible that I turned in, I got the most compliments on yeah. that piece, which I never understood that. And then anything I thought was, oh, all right, this isn't that bad. Crickets. Well, Always. and I tend to have sort of like a simplistic writing style. My philosophy on writing is that this is sports. I'm not curing cancer. You know, I want to appeal to a broad fan base of sports fans, be it the most casual sports fan or somebody who is very in-depth and like, you know, follows along with a lot of fancy stats and a lot of different philosophies and, and you know, really gets into their sport or, you know, specific storylines, I like to try and appeal to just about everybody. So I have sort of a simplistic writing style. And I tell this to every writer who asks me for advice, write the way you talk. Yes. It, it's it because that's how you're, that's how the authentic, authenticity comes through in your writing. Right. And there's times though that then I read writers who do have a little bit like more verbose writing style or, and you know, they are maybe better at like narrative or, or setting the scene setting. And I'm like, God, I'm the worst. Right. I write like journalism 101. Like I'm the worst. How do I match? Uh, like I don't match up to some of these writers, but then I'm like proud of my writing style. And I'm like giving advice to all these younger writers because like writing is it's so difficult to teach. It's something that's like it's kind of innate. And, uh, you know, reporting reporting tactics are things that we can teach. That's you go to journalism school to learn about. Um, you know, how to report and how to, in various like forms of media, public relations and graphic design, um, things like that. You go to journalism school to learn the mechanisms of journalism. Journalism school, I don't think it's going to teach you like how to write. You might learn, you might be a better writer with more practice, but it's like such an innate thing. And so when people ask me for writing advice, I don't have any except be yourself, write the way you talk, write as yourself. And I'm like so proud of that sometimes, but then I can also just like tear myself down. And we all do this as writers. Like, oh yeah, oh, it's yeah. like I was sent. I my one of my best friends um, in Kansas City. He used to work for the Royals, and I um, sent him the story that I wrote on Bleacher today. And it's a hockey story. He grew up in Fargo, North Dakota, so he's big into hockey. And I was like, hey, sorry, I've been MIA all week. This is what I was working on. And he's like, how do you think it turned out? I was like, well, great for now. But when you messaged me on Wednesday, I was like knee deep in a breakdown. So like, 
sorry i didn't respond to your text messages i was too busy torturing myself and he was like yeah that's just about everything i've ever written and he's like press releases included oh yeah it's like i don't know we i think we're just hard on ourselves in creative professions sometimes and any the anybody who's listening to this podcast if you're in any sort of like creative profession or if you just like you do something creative on the side give yourself a pat on the back today because yeah. you're actually doing okay even if you think you're not right. you're probably doing okay <laughs> happy friday give yourself a pat on the back yeah yeah um all right so tonight's matchup eli morgan he has one win no losses yet 4.50 era with six strikeouts Jamison Tyone, 0-1 with a 3.72 ERA and eight strikeouts. And as we said, the lineup, DJ LeMahieu at the top, Judge, Rizzo, Stanton playing right. Um, oh, it's the big boy. It's the big boy outfield. I'm so excited. Okay, wait, let's do big this again. Big boy outfield. Yeah, LeMahieu is DHing at the top. Judge in center, Rizzo at first, Stanton in right, Josh Donaldson at third, Gallo in left, Glaber at second, Good job, Boone. Kiner Falefa at short and Trevino at catcher. Yeah, I like that. I, I can deal with that lineup. Um, like you said, DJ probably should be at the top, near the top, most of the time. I think so. Yeah. I'm not um, a manager, though. Right, right. Yeah. I'm not privy to the same analytic information that they're getting. Right. But it just seemed like that was something that worked really well in 2019. Mm -hmm. And the offense is not really clicking right now. So, like, maybe try that again. Yeah. And Glaber at second, you know, he's got to get some confidence going. And yes. he's going to need to be able to he, – He's he's got to be able to figure it out. And playing in a position that he's more comfortable I mean, in will probably how, help him, you know? I wonder how long the leash is with him. Like, at what point do they say, okay, we've had enough of this. He isn't producing, and we do have an everyday second baseman in DJ LeMahieu. You know, maybe we look to sort of make a change. I don't want to say give up on him, but, like, I don't know. I just wonder how long the leash is with him. Uh, I feel like if – I feel like if the rest of the offense kind of – picks up a little bit and starts not being um, dog poop. They can hide him. They can hide him. Yeah. But if the offense continues to, I don't think they're going to struggle all the time. I think it's just going to be a streaky thing like it normally is. But I feel like if the rest of the offense picks up and he can hide a bit, it won't be as noticeable and it won't be as pressing for them to have to get rid of him. But hmm, it'll be interesting because like, what could they get for him if they try to, deal him you know like i don't know that's that's an interesting that's i think that's why a lot of fans are saying they, they that um you know the yankees should have traded him when he had more value because right now his value is not very high right. he's still there's still some value though what's his contract status uh Don't mind me. I just noticed a cut on my foot that I didn't even know I had. This is what happens when you have cats. Sometimes they scratch you and you have no idea. Maybe it happens in your sleep and then you suddenly look and you're like, oh, where'd that come from? I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got 
two more years of team control after this one. So like there's going to be value because he has team control. Right. Right. And then, you know, maybe another team will take a flyer on him because they'll think change of scenery. Yeah. No, not the same pressure in New York. And maybe he'll do better. It's so tough because teams don't want to give up young talent and have them go perform somewhere else because then I mean, it makes he's still young. He's still look bad. Yeah, and he's still really young. He's twenty five. Yeah, like that's young. They're not the in their prime don't yet. Want to give up young talent and have them go elsewhere and perform you know, be, all of a sudden reach that potential that everybody thought they had in the other system because it makes that team, it makes the, the first team look bad. Right. Right. And there has been some questions about the Yankees ability to develop talent in the last few years, because these guys like Torres and Andrew Hart are sort of hitting a ceiling earlier than we thought we would. Now, is that scouting or is that development? Is it both? Yeah. Development is such an inexact science. It's a nonlinear path. Not every player has the same path. But there's so much pressure on you when you are like a, a hyped up prospect like Labor Torres, and this is what you're you're three plus years into your career, and this is what's happening. People are saying, "Why didn't they trade him? Why didn't they trade him?" It's so tough on a young player like that, and it's tough on the organization because they have to figure out, and it, it's it's such a gamble. Do they let him go and have him go be an all star with I don't know Oakland, Tampa? Chicago, one of those teams. I don't know. I... Do not do Tampa. Yankees, don't. It's one. I mean, is another organization going to fix him? Right. Is it just a cha- is it just a change of scenery, or is another organization going to fix him in the way that you know? It's it's tough. It's just tough to say. And it's when you have a young player like that with team control, they're cheap. It's you, you still think that like there's time at what point does the clock run out on him? Yeah. One other note about tonight, Amazon prime game. It's their first one this season. So lots of outrage over Amazon prime game. Yeah. If you don't have Amazon prime, I'm sorry. Um, you won't be able to watch it if you're here um if you're in cleveland you'll watch it on bally sports but (laughs) um yeah amazon prime video and then tomorrow no starter listed for cleveland but nestor cortez in his 0.00 era (laughs) and his how many strikeouts does he have 17 is it that much i just saw it where is it 17 and one walk 17 strikeouts to one walk he is the yankees ace right now that man that came he out of nowhere is, yeah. with that mustache that he can never shave. He's never allowed to shave that thing off his face. He has to keep it. Um, he's just amazing. And he's doing it in an era where you have these fireballers where everyone's averaging like 96, 97, 98. And he's just coming out like, hey, here's a 91 mile an hour fastball. Try and hit it. You know? I love it. I absolutely love it. I think it's the greatest thing ever. And um, he's just so much fun to watch. I mean, yes, his last start was against Baltimore, but he still, they still have a couple of good hitters in that lineup and he was making everyone look silly. So yeah, it's fun to watch Nestor Cortez and he will be starting tomorrow. And then on Sunday, 
It's a 135 start. I don't know why it's not 105, but it's Garrett Cole in his bloated 6.35 ERA, but 12 strikeouts <laughs> against Aaron Civell. Is that how you say his name? Civell or Civell? I'm not sure, but he's 0 okay, 1 with a 6. Point... Oh, that, that, I think that's it. It's Savali. Um, 0 and 1 with a 6.14 ERA. So um, <laughs> we'll see which plus six plus era pitcher will do better than the other like who will i'm hoping it's cole you know yankee fans are hoping it's cole but you know it's not like cleveland is uh they're pretty good at the plate i mean they beat up on chicago this week so um there's the storyline around cole is um the questions are if he has another bad outing, the more of the questions about sticky stuff are going to happen again. Oh, and yeah. That's going to be really annoying for everybody involved. It's going to be annoying for his teammates who have to answer some of those questions. It's going to be even more annoying for Boone and for Cole himself. And it, but it, it's, it's going to happen if, mm-hmm. if he right. only lasts a few innings. Right. Do I expect him to go seven right now? No. No. I would like, I would like five, five Garrett. That would be five would be great. Maybe give up two runs. I mean, it's not like a quality start, but it's better than one and two third innings. You know, the short and spring training, this is around the time guys would typically start in a normal year, start um, going deeper into games and their velocity is probably up. Yes. But this is a weird year. Um, Yes, it is. And it's not even that old yet. <laughs> We're not even that far into it. And it's, it's, yeah, of all the things that you would have expected, Nestor Cortez is the ace. Garrett Cole is your worst starter. <laughs> Just like you drew it up. Just like they drew it up. So next week, you know, the Yankees are, um, they're playing Baltimore again. Hopefully they'll do okay. And the week after that, they head up to Toronto. And as we said on yesterday's show, as far as we know, they shouldn't have any problems getting into Canada. They shouldn't have any guys turned away at the border. But we'll find out the truth about that. <laughs> Which, uh, let's just cross our fingers that we don't have to deal with um, hearing about guys who aren't going to Canada because they can't go to Canada because that's just on top of everything else. But through it all, the Yankees are still up there in the standings because it's too early in the season to, you know, like they're, it's not like they're one in 11. So everything's okay. Everything's okay. It's going to be okay, fans. It'll be okay. It's only, what is it? April 22nd. It's okay. We have so much more season to go. We have so much more of this roller coaster to ride. But for now, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Abby and I would like to remind you that you can listen to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey. It's Odyssey, like audio. 
Spotify, yeah. Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. Now make your second listen of the day, Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We'd really appreciate it. Happy Good Friday to my fellow Greeks and Christos Anesti for Sunday. Happy Easter and enjoy your weekend and we'll talk to you all next week. Thank you.